what it is! How's it going everybody? Today we're going to be reviewing Turning Red, the newest Pixar film hitting Disney+. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to be talking about red pandas, letting down your parents, boy bands, 2002, what a time to be alive. We're going to talk about all of it. So, if you want to hear what we have to say, sit back, relax, grab a beverage, grab a snack, and listen on in to The First Ones to Die. Hey everyone, welcome to the First Once to Die podcast. We hope you're doing great today. We are certainly doing great because we just watched, well, I watched it a couple weeks ago. I don't know about y'all, but- I just watched it uh, today at the time of this recording. Also, don't worry, we did not wear the same clothes for another few days. <laughs> if you watched our Oscar uh, Oscar breakdown, uh, well, mostly breakdown on one major moment, but you know, we, we, we're just recording this the same day. Okay, so don't worry. <laughs> In all fairness, they at were. my job now, I figured out because I don't see too many people, I can actually wear the same outfit three days in a row. So like, I might have worn the outfit three days in a row. <laughs> I'm I sure that, man, it's great. I'm like, sh- I don't have to like try. I'm sure the audience was really, really wondering whether or not we were wearing the same clothes, especially the audience that's listening to the podcast. Yeah, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> um, you guys are also just wearing like really generic things too. That's true. So, it's like, not like we're wearing anything. It's super honestly, distinctive. yeah. I'm, wearing, I'm not wearing my tie dye. Today. Should I just move like, I don't know, like the one of those like, pillows behind me or something, and then they'd be like, "What just happened? Where'd the pillow go? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's madness." <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, we are reviewing the Disney Pixar film Turning Red. Uh, but before we get to our review, we would love it if you gave us five stars. Wherever you're listening to this, if you're listening to the audio version, if you're listening to, or if you're watching slash listening to the YouTube version, please, please give us a thumbs up, a subscribe, give us a comment or two. We'd love to chat with you. And uh, yeah, let's get into the review, y'all. Um, this, so sponsor, t- this podcast is sponsored by you, the audience, uh, going out and telling more people about the First Ones to Die podcast. Go out. I don't care. Like, In fact, pull out your phone. Pull out your phone. Right now, call the first five most recent people you that have just called you and call them and tell them to subscribe and listen to the first ones to die. Do that for us, and I can guarantee that we will send you all of our love and affection. There you go. Yes. I, I can't guarantee that for me. I have very little of it. I'm sorry. Like, but if they listen, they know that. Like you've been warned. You've... Well, you'll get yes. it from Jonathan and me. I don't know about there Alex. <laughs> Possibly, Alex. Uh, there's there's only so much. Like, uh, I, so, they, so much like I said, they all they they if they've listened to this podcast, they know they know it's fine. <laughs> uh, so let's talk. Turning yes, red. Turning red. Uh, turning red, according to Wikipedia, is a 2022 American computer animated fantasy comedy film. Produced by Pixar, uh, set in Toronto, Ontario in 2002, Turning Red follows Mei Lin Mei Li, a 13-year-old Chinese-Canadian student who, due to a hereditary curse, transforms into a giant red panda when she expresses any emotions. 
Y'all, first of all, if this is your first time listening to a first Such a long pause. The dramatics. I'm the theater kid, remember? Mm. If this is your first time listening to The First Ones to Die or one of our reviews, how we do this is we first go through our non-spoiling thoughts. So we'll give our general overall thoughts of the film, how we thought the film was, um, and then we'll deep dive into all things spoilers. So, who should I pick on first? Jerome. What's up? What are your overall thoughts of the film without spoilers? Oh man, I uh I I thought this movie was cute. I liked it. Um I think it's it's uh very fun. It's very interesting. I love the style. This is very different for Pixar, I think animation-wise. Um it's not so much uh uh, like the most of their movies are very straight you know it's very like we're in this world already so you know that's where we that's where we leave it and this movie is just like all over the place it's bouncing off the walls like every every five seconds with just like fantasy stuff when we're in Mei Ling's like head and what she's thinking and how she's thinking and so much stuff there's so many jump cuts of like just to, as time passes this movie moves fast um but I like it. I think it fits. I think it's cool that it's a the movie is animated around the main character, basically, and like how she sees the world, which is interesting. Also, this is a different style for them. Normally, their stuff is very realistic. Um, this is more like kind of like anime in a way, um, in a lot of places, especially. So I, I, I like the style. It's very unique and different. Um, I think. Uh, the re- only reason I maybe didn't love this movie is that I feel like the main plot kind of kind of plateaus a little bit in the middle. Um, it has a great beginning, but it like with its setup um, and really decent ending too, as far as like the climax. But uh, that middle part is just kind of like. It feels like it's kind of just like going through the motions and I've seen a lot of movies that have done this same plot before that have done it way better with their middle section of what's happening and the action and so much going on. Um, That being said, though, I still think this is a great movie. I think it's really good for the kids. has a decent message. Um, And if you know, if you want to watch a fun animated movie for the night or something like that, you know, or you want to sit your kids down and watch something. I think this is a great, great choice. Um, yeah. Alex. I thought it was cute. One red pandas are adorable. They actually remind me of my sister because they get startled easily and they go like this. Um, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was a really cute movie. Very sweet. I like the, the mother-daughter aspect, I could really connect with that. Um, and, you know, the cultural references were really nice to see because it, it's so nice to kind of see how different cultures are from your own, but yet how similar they are at the same time. Like with the coming of age part, you know, Mexicans do have that, the quinceanera, um, but often it is only for those who are Catholic. I, did, I didn't get one because I'm not Catholic. Um, but it's still that same, like going from like one, you know, from childhood to womanhood and that whole celebration of it is very interesting. Um, and that's, yeah, that's what I enjoyed about this movie. It's just the, the beautiful representation of the, of the culture 
and trying not to give too, trying to think about what I'm trying to say so I don't give too much away. And of course, red pandas. I do what you see what you mean, the little lag that happened in the middle. But honestly, I thought it was still fun. I loved her friends. Her friends are insane. And I like that <laughs> so much. All of the, usually, you know, the group of friends are so much similar. And like every Disney and Pixar movie, like, you know, it's the group. They're they're the same. They all like it. But these kids were all drawn so different or designed so differently with such different personalities. It felt more like this was a realistic group friend who would definitely have your back. And I think that helped with the drag that was in the middle because you still had these like amazing side characters who were doing so much and you know, um, I think they did a really good job with this film and like I was all about it because I thought it was just so freaking adorable. And there's like a spoiler I want to talk about because I'm like, I love that scene. That was like my favorite scene. But um, yeah, no, I I recommend this movie. It's so cute. What about you, Jonathan? What are you thinking? I second both of your sentiments. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. First of all, the colors, they just draw you in. It's a very colorful film, which most Pixar films are. Um, but a lot of Pixar films, I feel like, use these same color tones. Like Cars, it's mostly like red color tones. Maybe Bugs Life, it's mostly green color tones. This, they just they just throw out all the colors. The uh, person was asking, whoever worked on the film was asking, okay, what colors do you want to use? And then the, the, the uh, production designer or whatever said, yes. That's all they said. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I appreciated that. I like that it Pixar, Disney Pixar, they do a good job at um, highlighting something that you wouldn't necessarily think deserves to be highlighted. Um and I think this story definitely falls into that category because you have so many different aspects um, of a kid's movie or a family movie that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be in a kid's or family movie. Um, the fact that it's set in Toronto um, or Toronto, as I think uh, people in Toronto uh, pronounce it, Toronto, you're not supposed to pronounce that second T. Um, <laughs> why have it then? You wait, what? I said, why have it then? I sometimes <laughs> get annoyed by the English language because it likes to be like it's a silent thing. No, then get it out of there. There's no reason to have it then. No, it's <laughs> not that it is silent. It's how it's pronounced. Go on. I'm sorry, Jerome. I do respect. I told you what what for. Now that Jonathan finished your review. Apologies, Jonathan. Um, what, what were you saying? Oh my gosh! <laughs> There's gonna be a what cut of at some point of like Jerome and Alex's big sister, little brother moment. <laughs> that should be the clip you know? that we use. You just mocking Jerome. Um, anyway, uh, the fact that it's said in Toronto, Canada at all, because I feel like we don't get a lot of Canadian stories. It's usually funny enough, uh, American I did catch or Scott from Pilgrim vibes watching this, and that takes place in Canada too. Mm. Um, and it's also set in 2002, which you know is a is an interesting time period to have something like this take place in. Um, uh, and also the fact that it's about a, a Chinese Canadian 13 year old girl. I feel like 
a lot of, um, if this were maybe 10, 15 years ago, um, the character might not have been Chinese. Um, it might, they might've aged her down a little bit just to appeal to that younger audience. So I liked that they, uh, in a sense, did things that they, that they know they might catch some flack on and they did, uh, judging by some of these wild people's reviews of the story. Uh, but I like that they went with it. They um, trusted the vision of the director, Domi Shi. I believe that's how you pronounce the name. I could be butchering that. But um, overall, I thought it was just fun. It was relatable. We've all been at that age before. We all know what it's like to be 13 years old and you feel like either the world is against you, your parents are against you, um, <laughs> you're in this weird space of not being a child, but also not being a teenager or not being an adult. And um, ultimately, you have also that uh, that other aspect of generational trauma, which a lot of us uh, can relate to as well. So um Overall, I like the message. I like the film. I thought it was a lot of fun. And we can get into our thoughts uh, of the spoilers of the movie right now. So, Alex, you mentioned in your non-spoiler critique that you didn't want to get into some of the nitty gritty because uh, for fear of spoilers. Uh, what is some of that nitty gritty for you? What um, did you specifically well, mainly, want to address? Well, all right. I'm going to address the one thing. I'm pretty sure my mom was talking. She told me don't overindulge again. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to do the overindulging thing right at the beginning. Uh, they brought up periods in this movie because of the turning of woman. Yeah. And they actually showed pads in this film. And I read a lot of articles where people were upset with, by that. Yeah. Because it's like, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. She's only 13. I got mine at nine. It is normal for girls to get them far earlier around nine eight and some even earlier than that and i was like this is so stupid by 13 it most girls like again there are late bloomers you don't get it till much later every person's different but to cry and say oh 13 not an appropriate age to like talk about this stuff that's straight up bullshit and that's stupid and like i think it's, it's more also... their complaint is more that like if they show this to little kids they like they don't want them to know about it, which is still stupid because like okay, stupid. but they're going to experience because this at some point in their life. And, and also, the, I don't, the, I don't think they ever mentioned the word period in the no, movie. no. They show the pads and they're like, you know, that's eventually what's going to happen. But which is stupid because recently, uh, with with talking with my mom, with talking to my sister, and all this stuff, I have actually learned more about my own female body or the female body than I have ever known in my entire life. I've learned so much in like the last year. This school system definitely has failed me. I didn't know a lot of stuff. And just like something like that, it is good for kids to start asking questions early about this stuff because then they don't end up 30 years old finding about things about their own body and being like, what the fuck is going on inside me? <laughs> All right. They do need, I think they do need to, and like something like that. Oh, you'll need pads at 13. Okay. Why would I need that? Well, there's something that happened. It's a very, it, you need to learn how to talk with your child. And the fact that people try to blame the movie for talking about it way too early, that's a little ridiculous. My ass was asking questions. My, my poor mom had to deal with so many of my questions. 
But, um, and that was one of the things I wanted to just like talk right off the bat. And I think this movie handles it well because it's not like making, it's not a main point of it. It's not making a big deal. It's like, look, if this happens to you, this is something we're going to have to deal with, especially with you coming of age. And like, here's some product. Let's continue on with like other lessons. So I do enjoy the way they didn't just dismiss it, but they also didn't make it like the main point of the movie. I felt like a lot of the movie came about like the generational trauma that one deals with trying to respect who your ancestors once were, but also like developing this like independence. And I am considered first generation. My mom and my dad came from Mexico. I grew up in this weird ass middle ground of I am too white for Mexican, but I am too Mexican for white people. So I live in this lovely like middle land sometimes. And, like, you can absolutely see that with her sometimes where she's, like, she understands this is her culture, but she, like, works with her friend. She gets to be this whole other person and try to combine those two people. You know, you can see the it is a literal representation when she turns into a panda, the mixed feelings that evolve from that and who you actually want to showcase as. And also red pandas are just adorable. They chose, like, the best animal. They really are. Uh, uh, what were your guys' like thoughts on like, I don't know, the the generational thing that they brought in? Because they also brought in like the ants. I don't. I feel like for every culture, the ants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did say that when I saw them. I was like, oh snap! It's the grandma army. We got to watch out. <laughs> but that, it was, I am. turned out to be their ants. Um, I thought it was cool. I I think that a lot of the cultural stuff in this is what makes this movie unique. Because I hate to say it, but the whole time I was watching this movie. Plot-wise, I was thinking of Encanto the entire time because it's the exact same plot and the exact same message. It's like, it's like, here's a grandma that wants everyone to be perfect. And now this and this one young girl is going to show her and her family that despite uh, all of that, you know, you can't expect everyone to be a perfect person and they should let them be themselves. It's the same message. I don't think it's not really a perfect person, but I think it's be who... It's not about perfect. It's about being who they are. I want you to be who I am. And when you go outside of who they believe you should be, that I don't think necessarily it's perfection because I did have to deal with that. They, my family knew very much I wasn't perfect, but they kind of had this box they want you to put you in. And I feel like that's common for like any kid, really, that you go into like this box. Your parents want you to have this life and this life. And then once you go outside of it, there's going to be like mild disappointment. Well, I mean, but, it's like, just the fact that they hate you. Both these movies came out the exact in the same year and have the same message. Um, they're made by two different companies, so I'm sure this wasn't like intentionally planned. It just so happens that way. But they are both Disney from time to time. Yeah, but it I is mean, both Disney. Pixar was probably working on this movie before Encanto, or maybe Encanto is being worked on before Pixar. So, and they're two different offices. I'm sure they are not communicating on what they're working on. Um, that being said, though, uh, I think what makes this movie different is those cultural differences. Is that, uh, you know, Encanto is about Hispanic culture. Um, this movie is uh, Chinese culture. And so those things, I think, is what makes this movie unique and interesting. Um, but at the same time, I think also the fact that it's in 2002 also makes this movie have its own identity, which is kind of crazy because, like, We've all lived through the 2000s, and yet there's so much style and flash that this movie has that I've completely forgotten about. 
existed during that time. Especially, I like. I'm not gonna lie. I enjoyed the boy band music. Like as like the music of the soundtrack yeah, of this movie. Yeah, I loved it. Billy, I thought Billy it was Eilish cool. And Phineas, they create. Yeah, they do the music both of for them. It, which they uh, did a Phineas great job. plays one of the boy band members. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Jesse is the one. If I look at IMDb, correct. Yeah. Um, and Jordan, think, um, what's his Jordan Fisher? He plays Jordan, the, the yeah, the, Robert. The black <laughs> yeah. Plays um, what? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but I think uh, they did a great job with the with the generational stuff here um, between, especially like when the uh the first time uh may lee gives uh uh or may um, is it maylin sorry maylin may is her nickname yeah may. when may gives uh her mom some attitude she's like i don't know where she gets that from and then her husband's like it's your mom i'm not here <laughs> she ducks. i was like that was my favorite scene i was like that's what she gets. <laughs> just like you know it's and it's it's that type of stuff where i'm like you know that's really cool um and I, I loved the, I loved the red panda designs as we got into the end of the movie, where all the different because they all look Versions. similar, but they have like their own different hair, their own different smaller things, yeah. so you can identify who's who. And I love stuff like that. Like I, it's again the animation in this, super solid. Um, even though it's a more simpler design, also I forgot to give a shout out. Incredibles is probably the first time Pixar like went outside their box and did something unique. Um, as far as style goes, but this is a great alternative. To even that. still, they they you you guys weren't wrong. They stuck to a color theme, even in Incredible. Not even just color, it, but like also like the way people like all their body types and stuff. Like everybody has this like bubble, like chibi animation design. Um, even when they like have the cute bug eyes sometimes and stuff like that. And you were right, Alex. Like all the unique designs of all the friends, like all each of them have their own like uh look to they them. had their and own personality which is like mm-hmm. basically what i loved because looking at my friend group that i have now it's it's such a diverse one and that's what i enjoy and you guys are so all different and have different opinions and just it's more fun that way to hang out with people who are just like you that's gonna be boring. It's boring like i get it but at the same time it's gotta be boring yeah, so I I, lo- I loved a lot of the style of this movie. I guess I like just that for me it's like when I think about Pixar's really good mom daughter movie, I think about Brave, and I like and I love. I've never seen Brave. The, the story what? in Brave is really uh. good. I love like it. Not everything works because Brave also has its own like minor things too. But I think the mother-daughter dynamic with the mother kind of being a bear and she's present throughout the entire story with them together, it was so good. And it like helps like flesh out those moments in the, you know, in the second act. Here, May and her mom are completely separate for the entire second act until the third act starts. And so there I feel like there's a lot of moments that would have been cool to see. Now, granted, it doesn't fit this story. But it's just like there's a lull in there because we have that montage of doing that Red Panda thing that it's funny moments and they're very cute and adorable uh, to see May with her friends. But I feel like I was just going through the motions uh, script wise uh, for the story um, until we get into the that uh, climactic part with Tyler's party and then the third act with the ritual and everything like that so 
that was my only thing and even then it's minor i don't think it's like it i don't think it like hurts the movie or like breaks the movie or anything like that it was just more for me personally yeah um going back to jerome when you mentioned um liking the aspect of um it being set in 2002 um something that i I also mentioned that i liked as well i think because in in trying to think about why because you know there's there's some sort of reason why they said it in 2002 um Mm -hmm. and the rationale that i thought of is that okay so the movie visually looks like if you didn't know if you didn't know from watching the movie that it was set in 2002 you probably wouldn't realize that it was set in 2002 i didn't so until looking, they, she said it at the end of the movie when she was like the panda attack in 2002 was like still talked about oh. i'm sorry this movie's in 2002 <laughs> i well, at the be at the beginning she does she like shows pictures of herself and it's like the 90s and then she shows picture a picture of herself and it or and then she goes to current that's day right the calendar did say 2002 didn't it yeah but that's I the that. i think those are the only two indications of the year <laughs> that and the fact that they don't have cell phones. So visually it looks and the Tamagotchi, I guess. <laughs> but um <laughs> visually it looks like something that you would see today. So to a kid that's watching the movie today, they wouldn't they would hardly be able to tell the difference that it took place in, you know, 15 or how many years, 20 years ago. <laughs> I can't believe 2002 was 20 years ago. Um <laughs> So yeah, a kid watching this movie today wouldn't realize that it took place 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, a parent who's watching with their kid, they could certainly relate to being that age and um, being Maylin in that case in 2002 without, uh, with the absence of social media, with, you know, Tamagotchi, with, you know, having maybe a little more freedom to... Uh, just go see this boy band that's really hot uh, <laughs> that's out right now uh, with your friends, that boy band craze, that boy band fever. Um, so I think they might have done that so it could appeal to both audiences. It could appeal to the audience of today, visually looking at it, you can't really tell, and the parents that are watching with their kids so they can relate to um, Malin's literal position and, you know, um, what it was like to be in her shoes during that time. Um, also, Maylin, she if she was 13 in 2002, that means she'd be 33 today. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. Still like turning into a panda. Turn- right. <laughs> Jesus, that's close to my age. I'm turning 31. Yeah, because I was, I was seven in 2002. I don't know what I yeah, was doing. I was eight. Probably something stupid. <laughs> 11. <laughs> no, so I was gonna say something, but I'm like, up, oh, nope. That's one. That's an overindulging story <laughs> uh, about what was happening for me in 2002. Uh, what do um, you guys um, think of the music? Actually, of like the the soundtrack for this movie, I think it's really good. I like it. I, I thought wanna, it was like, great. The, those to, like, songs were catchy. They were. I was singing. I was singing the jam. I let the credits play on this movie. Dude, I was just listening to those songs. Brought us back, those they brought us back to the early two thousands, where music was just like it didn't always have the best of rhythm, but like you were bouncing to it no matter what. It was really hype up music. 
Mm-hmm. Like all the mm-hmm. time. Like you were just like energy from this music. I really enjoyed that. Like it felt like the early 2000s where you just had that like those like headphones on. With the, like over the head headphones, but they were like those cheap, like, you know, narrow. I'm trying to. What's this called? Um. Oh, I, is this called something? What? I don't know. It probably is, but I don't know. Well, anyway, the, the 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 headband was really cheap and narrow and would break so easily. And then you had like the soft little things. Uh, it felt it brought me back to that. But I was I enjoyed it so much. I thought it was such cute and that they used kind of music that was actually in the 2000s, which was appreciated. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I love the cast of this movie: Sandra O oh, yes. and Rosalie Chang, who play. Uh, May, May and uh, her mom Ming, awesome, great casting, great mm-hmm. casting. Yes, and I've seen interviews with them, and they seem like they have good chemistry as well. Um, like off off screen or off off mic, I guess. <laughs> um, also, uh, May Maitre, I am butchering her name. Maitreyi. Yeah, I Robert, know what you're talking about. Yes. I saw her name, and I was like, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she she's on Never Have I Ever, the Mindy Kaling show. She's the lead in in that show um, on Netflix. Um, I watched the first season. I haven't watched the second season yet, but she is great in that show. And I did not realize until today that um, she was Priya in the movie. So she was great. It's hard to play a character who's monotone like that as like a voice actor and and still have like different emotions you're portraying like as you do it she does a mm-hmm. great job with her um, i agree acting she was solid um, um actually, and also, oh no go ahead. Oh, go ahead oh sorry i was just gonna say um james hong who plays uh the shaman um uh, i knew him Gao. immediately i knew his voice i was like oh stop so, oh, yeah. so <laughs> i so funny story i actually got to meet him this week because oh, cool. yes, because he's getting a star on the Walk of Fame, oh. and where I work, we're like doing, uh, we're like being a part of that. Um, so I got to meet him this week and got to take a. I'll put the picture on our Instagram or whatever. Um, he's a very nice man, um, and he's the fact that he's ninety three and still working is just incredible. He's ninety three. Yeah, he's I mean, he's old. I didn't know that. I, I remember I the know. first movie I ever recognized him in, and from that point, I was like, I know his voice from anywhere. Was uh, embarrassingly Balls of Fury. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was in the early two thousands. He wasn't like all those movies, all those, those type of comedies. Yeah, terrible comedy movies. And uh, and ever since then, and when he was in Kung Fu Panda, I was like, Oh shoot, y'all got y'all, y'all got James Hong, dope. <laughs> Um, I know he was an archer. I remember hearing his voice. That's that. right. He is an archer, isn't he? He was an archer for a while for a few episodes. I haven't um, seen archer. But uh, I was going to say, to go back to Ming, though, it w- that was a nice running gag of the security guard who just, <laughs> when Ming kept showing up to May school. And he was like, do you act like I don't see you? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Which I would be embarrassed, too, oh. if my mom was just stalking my stalking me at school. It just like showed up at my school just with binoculars. I'm like, are you serious? Mama, please <laughs> go away. I'm trying to study. I wonder, yeah, there's parents like that in real. They're called helicopter parents <laughs> who like don't can't like give the child breathing room. Um, I don't know what I would be able to do. Oh no, I'm like, uh, I had kind of like 
my parents were always very strict or my mom was very strict, but like I was quite left alone a lot. And it was actually when I turned 18, my mom had uh, stopped working at Sears. So she was home a little more. Mm -hmm. And I remember her being around a lot more and asking me so many questions about things. And I'm like, I need this to stop. <laughs> I'm like, I've had 18 years of like nobody talking to me like after school or anything like that. Suddenly she's I'm like, I need this to stop. She's like, oh, I just want to. I'm like, I know you want to know, but I like need this to stop. <laughs> you don't need to know, though. <laughs> also. And I did feel bad after that. But like, yeah, I this movie is a lot about also about like a kid trying to find their independence, because this is also around the time where a lot of like children are forming their own, you know, they're moving, not moving away from their families, but they're just trying to find their own individual style. And mm. I, I could understand that definitely because around that time frame, I was trying to find my own individual style. Um, unfortunately, I did hang out with a lot of like emo kids, <laughs> though black was my color. I lost so many years of colorful clothes. I'm so sad about that. But nah, I think hey, I was, black is beautiful. I, <laughs> it is. <laughs> I was trying. To, I was all about that nerd life at that point. Like me and my friends, just like doing dumb stuff and playing video games <laughs> all day. I was just trying to survive middle school at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had a, like a weird middle school years because I had was transitioning also from like the really strict christian school i went to till like now i'm like then also like moving to the suburbs like dealing with like normal middle school a more prominently white school too mm -hmm. so there was a culture shift so many people expected me to speak spanish i was like why this was never even a question when i was younger why is this suddenly a question everybody wants to know that's when i was like oh i get why will you all leave me alone now then when i say i don't mm -hmm. go away mm -hmm. yeah that was pretty so that was like i don't know that I, I, I can relate. That was pretty much me as well, going from the small hundred student private school that I had attended for five years, six years, and then going into public middle school. It was just like- I know. I was in, always in public school. And uh, I, the, before know. I went to public school, I was like, I thought I was afraid to go to public school because I thought kids got beat up every single day from I mean, like watching do, on yeah. TV. It just depends on who the kid is. <laughs> That's true. I had quite a few friends that were apparently bullied and I never knew that. I, I was like, yeah, nobody ever messed with me. I don't know what you guys are talking. They're like, oh, we got beat up sometimes. I'm like, really? I'm I, like, why was I? I never was never informed. I thought, there are plenty I thought of kids, kids that got kids, beat up in public school all the time. It's well, just, you know, I, <laughs> you just try not to kids, be them. <laughs> I thought kids smoked in the bathroom every single day. That's and all the the bathrooms would be reeked of smoke. I thought the key, the teachers didn't care about your education. It was all a misconception Sometimes that, they that, don't. that I'd seen from American TV. Yeah, no, the schools I went to actually that was true, and I used to actually be one of the people that smoked in the bathroom. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like um, all those things yeah, are true, so, like, Jonathan. You just you didn't get to, to be I think one you of went those to people. And, well, because you were a theater, were you you were a theater kid. Well, I don't think at my school, like I was in tune with everything that was going on in the school. I just don't think no, my no. schools were those. I just, I just said that though. I wasn't aware that a, quite a few of my friends were like actually bullied. I was like, yeah, no, everybody was cool with me. And the ones who weren't cool left me alone. So like, I don't think it's not that you were, I just think you didn't, you, you weren't forcibly put in there. So like you, you were like in tune, but like also it wasn't just happening immediately around you the only because like that was the same thing yeah the only public I didn't, school i didn't know about those other kids public school exper experiences that aren't real 
or at least not to that degree, are Euphoria and Riverdale. Like, like those two take it to the whole other extreme. Dude, okay. I, saw t- the I saw TikTok. I saw TikTok that somebody ran bells. through. Like, no, I, I saw TikTok that somebody <laughs> ran through the last like Riverdale season, and I do not know if it was satire or not because the storylines were crazy. I don't know what. Like, I almost want to start reading about Riverdale to see if like what that man said is true, and if so. Who the hell is writing over at Riverdale? And how much cocaine are they getting? Oh yeah, and thirteen reasons like, why. The cocaine. Ain't nobody had like ain't nobody got that much Somebody, drama going on at that thirteen reasons why I got got going. That's insanity. Um, We're basically um, naming but, off all the shows. Listen, I'm just saying they suck. Look, high school's done. <laughs> like, high school. This when is it comes actually to more playing high school. <laughs> this is actually a more realistic <laughs> version of like middle school too, because like there are times I found people crying in the bathroom. Girls' bathroom was a really hard. I, I you're talking about bad. turning red. Yeah, I felt yeah, bad I for May. So many, so many times May was crying, and I was just like, I just want to give her a hug. Like I feel like she's I going through it. I felt so man. when they showed when they when she was going to the convenience store, and her mom was going to confront the boy for oh, for I writing. Felt so I felt so bad, bad for, when they pan oh, my heart broke. when they pan to her little shoes trying to to run away from the situation i was like oh my gosh i would just want to curl up in a ball and and cry for her i felt so bad for her i was waiting for it to be like okay when is the part where she wakes up and she's like ah it was a dream like well, when does that happen because i i don't want this to be real <laughs> She's never going to live this down. Yeah, this was... is going to follow her through high school even. <laughs> this is never going to end. All those kids saw this happen. And the draw- well, and she brought the drawings too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why they needed to have her bring the drawings. Do you think a parent would actually do that? I mean, there like, are probably some maybe, but it's 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 more and also it's the fact that it's she assumes that this boy is the is the culprit. Not that her teenage daughter, who she knows for a fact at some point will go through puberty, is like is not just fantasizing about boys. And she ain't looking at her art homework. Can't you tell that's Malin's art style? Like, can't you tell that's her artwork? <laughs> and why would she, so if that did happen to her, why would she draw it? Like she experienced it. She doesn't need to relive it by drawing it in her notebook. <laughs> also yeah also that was good that that was a good choice too may's narration is so funny when she's just like sweating she's like don't look at the notebook that she glances down then her mom goes that she's like no mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was like that's awesome that's really cool uh also yeah also uh real quick before i forget big shout out also to wei ching ho she plays um oh no, lost alex. Lost alex. oh no <laughs> I noticed she was quiet for a no, second. No, <laughs> not Alex. Um, <laughs> well, real quick, before, well, before we well, get a message from Alex, uh, shout out to Wei Ching <laughs> Ho, who's uh, uh, plays Grandma. She's great, too. She's in Daredevil uh, as Madam Gao. She was great as Grandma. Right. I'm glad that Grandma right. recognized that you know she needed to give her daughter a hug. In that moment. I thought, and and this is what someone else said. I watched another review of it, um, and this is what someone else said as well. They made her sinister looking. They had yeah, with her, the scar her, over the her scar. eye. I was like, this guy's a lot she, more dramatic. 
<laughs> yeah, I thought she was going to have some sort of like sinister moment or some sort of backstory where we found out how she got the scar or something, but we didn't get that. And she was more of the loving grandmother. So I was, I was a little bit, I wish they would have explored that a little bit if I had anything to say about that. Um, yeah, because I was left with confusion as to why she was so. Well, also, maybe they just wanted to give her I'm character glad a scar. The dad got to chime in because I was worried for a sec that the dad was just going to be in the background. Yeah. Oh, there she is. Welcome okay, back, Alex. Alex is back. <laughs> we thought I thought you went quiet for a second, and then all of a sudden you're like, you "I'm were out." Gone. Like my, inter- my internet just decided. Mm, nah, you're done talking. You got my curse. <laughs> you got my curse from last week. I don't even have anything open. <laughs> um. Uh, but go ahead. but yeah, I, I I'm glad Dad got to actually chime in and be that person to be like, Nah, baby, you are all right, okay? You are awesome the way you are. Um, also, like although he like he did not tell her enough information because he was like, Yeah, her panda was pretty big. He didn't say she was the size of a damn Godzilla monster, <laughs> okay? That's not just pretty big. That's enormous. <laughs> she was a giant monster. The fact that her grandma only had one scratch over the eye is like a miracle because she could have just stomped on her <laughs> and killed her. <laughs> I have no idea where we are in this conversation. <laughs> but I do agree. That was one of the neat things. Do you think that's why she was kind of scared of possibly May keeping her panda free, that she would eventually turn into that kind of like, it was almost like a vicious style red panda too. And I understand it was a representation of her frustration and her anger also like being magnified through her panda. But like to have, you know, to have this um, way of being like considered already like, you know, weird and then adding weird upon weird is like a lot and i could see that well also Um, i I think it's that and i think it's also the half of like just the generational trauma you know like you you do what you were even if you try not to like when you're raising kids like sometimes you can't help but like fall into the same patterns your parents did unknowingly so just because that's what you know and so that's that's the only way you know how to raise a, ki- a kid because you're like, this is how I was raised. And I, I got to do this, that, and the third. And you don't think about the fact of like, yeah, but how did it affect you emotionally into who you are now? And how does it differ uh, with the time period you were raised in? You know, yeah. the society that you were raised in then is not necessarily going to be the society that you raise your kids in or the society that your kids' kids are raised in. Mm-hmm. That's true too. Uh, I, I can kind of speak to that because um, my mom recently realized something her mother did to her. She kind of had me do the same thing. And it was kind of this like caretaker role. Um, and she was, when she finally connected the doc, she was shocked that she had done that. And it was really interesting. I was very much aware of it. And it was very interesting to see her become aware of it because yeah, like I, like you guys have, were saying generational trauma, you really don't know it's occurring until there's that one person that's like, mm, does anybody else see a pattern? Does anybody else see what's going on? And that may was definitely like that. And I really like how they're showing so many movies like this about breaking patterns 
because it shows that a lot of our generations are doing that now. You know, where people are now talking about soft parenting, where you don't hit your kids, where you don't do this. You're like, okay, let's let me tell you why this is bad. Instead of yelling at you or screaming at you or having a reaction. And pulling off the belt. Just Yeah. Doing all that <laughs> doing all that extra stuff. Just be like, look, that's wrong. You're we're gonna clean this up now and you're gonna know why it's wrong. And like all this other stuff. So you do see like this whole already generational break. And I I think you were right, Jonathan. It is speaking to those of our generations who grew up to through the two thousands, who got to, you know, experience all that. And kind of you have it for the kids who are like, hey, like, it's okay to feel these emotions. It's not a bad thing. And, like, if I turn into, like, a little monster or a little panda, it's not the end of the world. People will still love you in that form, which is a really, like, I feel really good message to send to a kid. No matter what, this, this showed really even when she felt like her mom didn't love her when she was in the panda form, she found people that did. Mm-hmm. Her friends adored her in this form. Her dad still adored Especially her. And you're right, Abby. he could have shared that more. Abby was addicted. Oh, Abby. <laughs> it looks like such fluffy fur. I would be addicted to it. <laughs> I love when she's just like, start... she's like, come on, man. I need that panda, baby. Come on. <laughs> Turn into it's, the panda. It was some crap. So floofy. <laughs> she did start doing the like itching of the she belly was thing. I that she was like, like, just like, I, I mean, I know it. Abby in this movie is like super amped the whole time but it's just like <laughs> i think uh although i think my favorite character of her friend group was miriam miriam was was awesome she was the best friend um but uh but abby was cool too and priya they were great they're great kids <laughs> they, were, they were also i was surprised to see tyler come around and be friends with them at the end of the movie because i was like yeah he was a, a jerk He's a bully, man. And it's just like, and I'm glad when she attacked him in panda mode. I was like, good. Right. Someone had to take him down a peg. He deserved it. Oh, so now uh, you're cool with like somebody hitting somebody. I have said. Right, this is a I, Disney Pixar this movie. This is a Disney movie. This is different. All right. Will Smith is a grown man. <laughs> he know better. But she's a 13-year-old girl going through puberty and whatnot. All right. She's having a hard time as is. She don't need nobody picking on her too. All right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, um, May Lynn needed to say to Tyler, keep my mom's name out your effing mouth. <laughs> That's true also. That's also true. The only reason she didn't attack Tyler when it was about her. She attacked Tyler when he, when he dared say something about her mama. All of us on this podcast would have thrown hands at that point. You're like, you can say what you want about me. You ain't going to toss back about my mama now. <laughs> that That's fair. No, I would have I would have fought somebody. <laughs> Right. It's, uh, in the end it's like a really cute film and I think and my favorite scene and I want to talk about my favorite scene because okay. I feel like it, it says a lot to this film is when they're both in the panda form and May is dancing oh she's twerking May is dancing <laughs> she's twerking she's like smacks her little bob like that was the cutest thing because like I know a lot of parents have been like horrified by early 2000s dancing although now today now like this generation's dancing. I don't feel like it's as fun. No, it's not. Very, t- it's it's very. I work at a place like, where I've uh, seen many a prom, and let me tell you, kids today <laughs> cannot dance. It's I don't it's know. So it's boring. terrible. It's boring, and the ones it's who can dance. It's mostly arm movements. It's a lot of arm it's movements. Most- a lot of gyration, just of the hips. Somebody, so I saw this tic- again with a TikTok. I saw a TikTok where like a 
I think it was a Gen Z kid was like doing the dance and like her mom, who was like a few years older than me, was doing a dance from like our era. And like our dances are like full body, give everything like like I understand now why almost every millennial's back hurts. So early <laughs> on. It's because we all put everything into it. And like that's what I thought that was like adorable because that was definitely a way uh, somebody like I think in the early 2000s would have shown like like almost like gone against their family or something like that was definitely with a dance and that like her just dancing was like so fucking adorable <laughs> and cute and like she had some moves as she a panda. She does have some moves. She's got some moves. She, it's she mostly dance. boy band moves, but it's still moves nonetheless. Right. I mean, them boy I bands mean, could be getting it. Early two thousands, we had all boy bands. Right? Yeah, they they. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was rocking those Omarion moves back in the early two thousands, and he was a solo <laughs> act. There was no, <laughs> there was no band behind him. It was just him out there. Um, I can openly say, unfortunately, I did know some of the the instinct dance moves i could probably i probably did a choreograph i know the answer that much time everybody bye, bye, knew bye. the soldier boy back in the day you know what i mean so oh yeah like, soldier boy and and the jerk that i remember my freshman year i couldn't in high do school, the jerk i knew the jerk. the jerk i just couldn't do it i couldn't do and the now it's being brought back yeah and it's, they don't know how to back. do it yeah people don't know how to do it which people didn't know how to do it back then either. So speaking of two thousands, I was watching. But I feel movie. like more people knew how to do it back then. This is a little off topic. Yeah, yeah. You guys remember Marcus Houston? Either you remember him from uh, Sister Sister? Oh, I was gonna say you got served, but yes. Like a singing career and everything. He did. He tried to have his own singing career too, which he can't say. No. Um, I only remember him because uh, I was watching a thing where. Um, like I think it was a clip from some old movie from the 2000s and Marcus Houston was in it. And I was like, oh yeah, that guy from You Got Served. And he used to sing. What happened to him? I'm wondering where he's at these I just, days. I just Googled him and I remember him more from Sister, Sister. <laughs> yeah, I Go forgot home, that he was. I didn't know he had a Z. I forgot that he was yeah. in Sister, Sister. I, I did forget about that. He was like he, a main pop boy. Yeah, he was Roger. He was Go Home Roger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2000s, crazy time, man. <laughs> yeah. People could just wander into your house. That was also the time. That was most of the plot that points. That was also yeah. the time yeah. we had an idiot for a president. <laughs> <laughs> Although this pl- takes place in Toronto, so they didn't have to deal with That's that. true. Toronto didn't have to deal. They were just like chilling, hearing about, hey, you have all that crazy stuff going on with their president <laughs> with America. I mean, isn't aren't they still doing that now, kind of? I don't know. I mean, granted, Canada recently had their own crazy president too. Yeah. Although he, I think he passed. I think he passed away. He of like an overdose. I think. Oh, congratulations to that! Not the president, but Toronto. They had a Toronto mayor. I want to say it was like it was definitely less than ten years ago, and he was um, very publicized for his antics. Um, But yeah. He, he passed away. Well, congratulations to their dead politician. But, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. What? I you didn't don't get specify us canceled, who. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I never said congratulations for a particular person. I just said congratulations for a dead politician. We're talking about a specific politician, so they're going to know you're talking about that person. 
Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, Disney Pixar. How did y'all like this movie? All right, um, my rating for this movie is uh, grade is gonna be uh, definitely a um, a B minus. I think this is a fun movie. I think it's cute. I think it's very uh, great for the kids. If you want to put on something for them to watch, I think just that middle part, it still is just kind of a lull for me um, personally, as far as like plot and motion, you know, things happening. But overall, though, I think it's great. Um, I think uh, also I love the animation style and I would love to see if they do a turning red too, or if they just do like more stuff stylized like this, I would love to see more animation uh, with this style. It was so cool. Um, and so cute. So, love it. Yeah, it was cute. What about you, Jonathan? So, I'm probably going to have to go with a B plus. I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I can see with the plot points, like you were mentioning, Jerome, um, at, at some, the it was very, I would say, even though, you know, there was the whole thing about the curse and the panda and um, the final uh, act was very... Uh, intense. Um, some of it was very low stakes <laughs> uh, with her wanting to see the, the boy band and all. Um, and at some points I was like, oh, that's 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 the whole plot. She just wants to see a boy band. But once you get into it, it's like more than that. Um, and so I appreciated that. Uh, I mentioned I liked the, the, the colors. Um, I liked that it appeals to both young and old, you know, anyone who watches this movie can relate to it. Even though some people might disagree. I'm talking about those critics who were like, this movie was horrible because uh, you, it's, you can't relate to it because it's about a Chinese, a 13 year old Chinese Canadian girl. How many stories have we watched about uh, young white people and you never had a problem with it. that is admittedly that is the thing it's like if it wasn't for the fact that this is about a chinese canadian girl and that she turns into a panda this would be the most generic movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <ever. laughs> that's true because it's again about going against your mom um right. so so you I, give it a, you yeah, overall, your I, overall i i enjoyed it um and i like the choices that the specific choices that the filmmakers made for the film how about you, Alex? I I give this uh, movie an A actually, um, because again, well, you brought up that it did connect with Encanto, and you're right, it's it's the whole generational trauma, and I like that they're showcasing that through so many different cultures. That like, yes, look how differently everything is, and the beauty the beauty of the different cultures, but we're all still dealing with struggles that have happened in the past, and trying to move forward and keep the idea keep the past part of us but not let it be who we completely are now especially with the way society is evolving and the way we we are interacting and you know our voices are getting louder for what we want individually and i really found that quite good in this film and when it comes to the animation i loved it it was colorful and bright which i feel like that's what the 2000s were yes color spark everything was sparkled everything was bejeweled um, so I think that was a good kind of choice to have it in the early 2000s because sometimes I do feel like this I understand in the last two years definitely but like sometimes it's like oh this has gotten dull I remember this being more fun and like that got to showcase the fun and you know the boy band 
I, I, I love the boy band era. I hope it doesn't come back, though. <laughs> I did think about back. that. I was like, other than man, like, if One Direction was still around, I probably would have done the soundtrack for this movie. Absolutely. Well, and now I the just, boy I band era is K-pop. True. Which they're very good. That's true. Mm-hmm. I've they listened to a few K-pop BTS songs. I don't know. To come do this BTS. or Monster X. No, BTS is still too big. Well, you know, I mean, Mon- like, there's a lot of them. BTS, Monster X, um, so many others that I can't name right now. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, and I think it's nice. I think it's nice to show. I think they handle things a lot from reading the critics and the complaints and people whining. The movie actually handled things so well, especially with the coming of age and, you know, the periods that were mentioned. They weren't even really talked about. They were mentioned, some products were shown, and that was it. And then, like, you know, having to have these type of group of friends that are so different from, like, the friend, from the family that you have and the culture you have is also beautifully shown because, like, all these kids were so different in who they were. But, of course, they were able to connect with each other. And, like... The two oldest friends I have, um, Filza is Muslim and she, her family's from Pakistan. And I made friends with her because I fell on top of her laughing one day. And my old, my other oldest friend, Greg, you know, who's a white guy, I, he made friends with me. I don't know why. I yelled at him the first time I ever really spoke to him about hating SpongeBob. And like Wait. those two. Yeah, oh, he like him SpongeBob. hating SpongeBob, not you. No, he him. hates SpongeBob. Okay, I love SpongeBob. I was about to. He hates SpongeBob. I was about to jump through the screen no, just now. <laughs> see, yeah, see though, and that's how I acted. That's, I yelled at him, and this man was like, "I like her. I'm going to be friends with her." And I'm like, I've had that friendship. That's my second longest friendship, and like that's what I got to see in this movie. Such different people being friends and i think even now with the friend group i have i was just saying it's so diverse and there's such unique personality i think speaking to the general generational trauma i do think a lot of like white people don't want to talk about it still but it's now happening with them too with the culture that was once from like the 50s and 60s you know that whole oh women need to stay at home that is technically a generational trauma kids white kids are still getting talked about and i don't think some you know white parents want to deal with that yet that they were stuck in the same cycle just like any culture is so i think that's reality that some of them were not ready to affect and that's why they kind of they criticized it and getting again just to see the different culture the chinese culture chinese canadian culture was also an interesting mix i never got to see before so i give this movie an a because i think it represents so much on so many different levels and then the whole panda dancing thing just won me over. I know it's at the end, but I like live for that scene because of the way she dances is very early 2000s and very, I've done those moves probably. <laughs> so that was easy to put myself in her, to annoy her mom. And I thought it was so cute and sweet. And just, of course, everything works out in the end and she gets to, you know, be her little panda self. So definitely this movie falls for, for me. I think anybody could really connect with it if you just open yourself up. To the idea of, you know, it's okay to be a little panda sometimes. A little red panda, <laughs> I should say. Because red pandas are ridiculous. If you want to see one <laughs> and you live in the Seattle area, go on down to the Woodland Park Zoo. They have one. I heard they let peacocks walk around. I refuse to. They don't let them walk around the grounds. They just. I always hear about. Yeah, they do. Sometimes. I and even if they do, peacocks, peacocks are nice. Peacocks are not. 
Uh, Absolutely not. If you don't mess with them, they'll leave you alone. I've been around peacocks that are just out in the I, wild. They're, but they I don't not trust birds. birds. You never know. Have you seen a it turkey in the wild? Back. I get so no. weirded out by turkeys, like just randomly. No, I've never seen a turkey anyway, in the wild. I, I've seen turkeys in like. I yeah, if there is a bird, before. I will freak out. If you I what? Do not like I birds. mean, crows. If there is a bird me around out, me, I'm gonna freak. Anything else? I'm cool with crows. I'm cool with crows. I weirdly. You're not. You're cool with crows, but not peacocks. Crows are more aggressive than peacocks. No. <laughs> crows, because the crows are smart. Peacocks are smart too. They. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Crows are intelligent animals and I respect them. I don't respect peacocks. You respect pigeons? They're beautiful creatures pigeons though. Are smart. No. Pigeons are Pigeons are pigeons smart. Are smart. They can re- Pigeons they are the can, dumbest they're the bird. second bird that can recognize themselves in a mirror. They're very smart. <laughs> Most animals can recognize No, recognize they cannot. I got other videos to prove that. <laughs> Anyway, you remember when we used to get those pigeons at the science center? They would be eating up that popcorn. Yeah. And they would clean. I, d- I did used to talk to them, though. Okay. It got embarrassing you're in a couple times. By yourself. You have no one else to talk to. I you was. just got to talk to the birds. <laughs> I did. And like a couple times, customers would be like, hey, and I'm like, oh, hi. And they're like, should we get behind the pigeons? And I'm like, well, they clearly don't have their tickets. That's what the argument's about. So you guys can go ahead. Now, I named one, and he was a fat pigeon named Frank. Yeah, I remember one flew in. There was there's there was a couple times when they like got in there and they they flew into that little entry hallway. Yeah, you had to kick them out. I never cuz they were eating I never popcorn. had that. Well, you know, they're just I just they're just, I just to pick survive. it up. Like if it was like enough popcorn that it was solid enough, I just pick it up oh. and throw it outside. No, not the pigeon. I thought you no, were I'm not that brave. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's what I thought I don't you were going to catch a pigeon even if I tried to pick one up. In the wild, All I wouldn't right. want to pick it up. I don't know what what they've been doing. They're they just got pigeons. Some of them got diseases. <laughs> Y'all are acting they like these some are of them creatures from the deep. Birds are dirty. Birds are dirty. Okay, yeah, you don't know they what like has a disease. They like get trash okay, and like from, from garbage the and like stuff and make their little. Right, they're not taking regular baths. <laughs> exactly. That's why I don't want to Birds touch it. Birds are disgusting. Birds are gross. My final statement. Anyway, how did we Social. get from red pandas to pigeons? Anyway, socials. Uh, Jerome, what's your you can find me at not Jerome Rhett on Instagram as well as at Robozo Media and at Jerome underscore the underscore show to see all the other creative stuff I do in the day to day. There's three of them. There's three social media. Right. I got two of them. <laughs> uh, I got two out of three. Jonathan, where can people find you? You can find me on. You can find me at rather. I messed up my own phrase. Find me at Jonathan Keys. Twitter, Instagram, wherever you please. You can also find us at First Ones to Die on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can also email us at firstonestodie at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, can you tell us more about your social and the uh, TikTokness of it all? I am at Alex and Nobody on Instagram and at TikTok. And as well as TikTok, I do the podcast one, The First Ones to Die, where I post little bits and clips of our podcast and silly little moments where I tend to just make faces at the guys for things they are doing. <laughs> um, and offhand comments that they both make. Uh, <laughs> the First Ones to Die is also where you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, basically all the social medias, as Jerome would say. I am just teasing you all day. 
I'm going for it. Uh, and the first ones to die is also our Gmail account. Send us an email. Let us know what you would like us to review or anything you'd like to hear from us or just general comments. Um, and what's going on on our YouTube channel, Jerome? Oh, you can find all types of good stuff. You can find all types of extra content you can only get on YouTube. Stuff like mini reviews, blogs, book reviews, uh, gaming content and of course video versions of all of our podcasts so if you want to see any of those extra content stuff uh the only place to find it is on youtube at the first ones to die so go on up there give us some subscriptions comment below on not only this video but other videos uh you know your thoughts about movie reviews but in this one in particular uh did you have you seen turning red have you not did you like it if you did did you not like it why or do you have a comment about pigeons? I don't know. Comment below. Tell us how you, what you're thinking. How you feel? Birds are <laughs> all birds. It's not just pigeons. Crows are the exception. All birds. No. All right, y'all. Anyway, we'll see y'all next week. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.